I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, it's John from All Stats, aren't we? Given that it's the international break, we wanted to offer you a bonus episode to tide you over until the next weekly episode drops after next weekend's fixture against Southampton. Before we get to that, though, just a reminder that we produce a bonus episode every week that goes out exclusively to our Patreon subscribers. That could be an under-23s episode like this one, an interview with an industry expert, an author's list episode where we scout the world for fun young players, or a Q&A episode where we tackle the topics that you guys send in to us. If that sounds interesting, then you can sign up for all of our audio content for £2.50 a month. That will get you all the preview episodes for the month, all our weekly bonus podcasts for the month, access to our live streams, and access to all of our audio content for the last two years. If that sounds good, then head over to www.patreon.com forward slash allstats aren't we and check out our subscription tiers. Now over to this month's episode of 23s aren't we with hosts Darren Driver and Tom Wilson from Focus on Leeds and a special guest in Josh Hobbs. Enjoy. Welcome to 23s, aren't we? A new monthly show from All Stats, aren't we? In which Leeds fans cast a combined eye over goings on in Leeds United's under 23 team. I'm Darren Driver and I'm joined by Josh Hobbs. And as is the custom, we're joined by Tom Wilson from Focus on Leeds. Tom, how's life treating you today? Yeah, not too bad. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks. Did you have any Urente based fun on your uh, feed over the weekend? Yeah, I had plenty of mute conversations and ignoring my mentions all weekend. <laughs> Good stuff. And Hobbsy, how are you? I bet you'll be feeling a little bit better now we've finally got a, got a win under our belt. Maybe some of the, the panic has hopefully subsided. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, we we definitely um, definitely needed that, didn't we? Just that little release of, of tension. Obviously, that there's still this this uh, next run of, of three games. Um, I think we want to get another another sort of I think minimum four points six points would be very nice and then you know nine points is like dreamland like you're flying back up and you don't and you sort of think ah some of those points we dropped earlier on like we've forgotten about those now um so yeah that that'd be nice if that happens you'll 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 find a completely different hobsy I'll be a, I'll be a new man, <laughs> a new man. Now we've reached the dreamlands of mid table. That's the that's the dream we've all been thinking. The thing about. is, that was the thing. Like last season, from within, like I don't know a month of the season, like we've played four games, and I was just 
I knew like we're definitely not going down like and after a couple of seasons of like every game felt like something was on the line when you're trying to get promoted like it was nice to have a season last season where it was like if we lost I always thought oh we're still fine there's no way we're going to go down whereas this season because of the way we started every game feels like I'm quite nervous (laughs) and I, I quite enjoyed that little like I want us to become a team pushing up the table and where every game means something. But it was quite nice to have a little season where <laughs> of re- of relaxation. Completely, completely agree. Okay, but we're not here to talk about the first team. There are some other podcasts that we put out that focus on that, and um, quite a lot of them, in fact. We're here to talk about the under twenty threes, and to start with, I've, I've added a new section to the running order, and um, which I've tentatively called "Moving On Up." I feel like you should sing that. Moving on up, like that, like <laughs> do the voice and everything. Um, <clears throat> That's good. Thanks. Nice falsetto. Thank you very much. So yeah, we're, we're going to have a little think about how the the twenty threes players that have made a step up into the first team have done. So. So we're going to start by thinking about Charlie Cresswell because he's had a couple of appearances in the first team since we last spoke. So, Tom, yeah, we finally got to see Cresswell in the first team in a league game after his uh, good performance v Fulham um, in the League Cup. How do you think he did? Yeah, I think he looked very comfortable in both games, to be fair. Against Fulham, it was it were hard to judge because their striker wasn't particularly very good. <laughs> That's quite an understatement, isn't it? <laughs> in the group chat, it was just John just saying constantly the whole way through, thank goodness he's awful, just after every attack. Yeah, it wasn't very good, but he showed signs of it was centre-back with Phillips, who yep. I don't particularly like Phillips centre-back, I don't think it normally works, but kind of did work and he swapped over from the right to the left and I think that's what it brings you, I think. I think even with 23s this year, I think he's actually struggled more on the right because he's so so used to playing on the left now. But obviously we'll see him more on the right. But yeah, against West Ham, I thought he played really well. Obviously against Antonio, he'll give any centre-back in, in the Premier League a, a tough game. And I thought I thought he just he were up, up for the challenge and he just didn't look nervous. And I think, I think a lot of our under-23 players, I think quality-wise, they're good enough in terms of going on to have good careers, but it'd just be all about mentality. And I think that's where Cresswell probably stands out from a lot of them. Like he's, he's only 19, but he's just so mature and, and calm in everything that he does. Yeah, he seems, he seems to be like a man, doesn't he? Like he's ready to step up to men's football, which which you can't really say about all of them. Obzi, how did you think he fit in like tactically and into the into the defensive and, and possession systems? Yeah, I was really happy with that. If you're listening to this, then you're a patron, so you probably saw the video that I did on his performance, and you sort of saw him. So I think he he basically took the man marking job on Antonio for the most of the game, and Cooper was the spare man. And you you were seeing Cresswell like follow Antonio like into their half to up to halfway all the time, and I thought he tracked him really well. A couple of moments where Antonio managed to. Um, managed to lose him but that's gonna happen he's that he's that good a striker um but I think yeah tactically like he's he's very comfortable um and on the ball I, I was happy with what he did a couple of moments I think in the second half he started to play a, f- a few too many sort of hopeful balls to Rodrigo but on the whole I was I was very happy and considering it was him and Shackleton like together on the right hand side you're like you've basically got your like most inexperienced defenders on the same side I thought that was maybe a little bit risky and perhaps we could have had Dallas there just for that exact reason but those two actually I think looked really nice together in build-up and I I thought you could see the fact that they'd played a a bit together in the in the 23s and 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm really comfortable with him playing more. And to be honest, I'd rather have him as one of the options like above Ailing in um, as a as like our emergency option going forwards. And yeah, if he plays like three, four more starts this season, he's had a great season. Right? So good for him. Yeah, definitely. And you've got a recurring dream, don't you? Which features Cresswell and another youngish centre-back that we've got at the club that you keep talking about. As in... <laughs> As in that you want to see Pascal Strauch and uh, Cresswell play like, together. I'm really confused about what you're talking about right now. No, I definitely want I definitely want to see a season of um, of Pascal and um, and Cresswell together. And like that, that would be... That would be amazing. I mean, obviously, I want to see multiple seasons of that, but I, I could, I could see if, if we're not climbing the table, then I, I think Strauk is a player who I think will be climbing the table in the future. So, be, be nice if those two were leading us like they were the like the bedrock of our defense for seasons to come. That would be amazing. Yeah. And Tom, how do you see the rest of Cresswell's season going? It all depends on injuries, won't it? But even though we have loads of centre backs, we do have a lot of centre backs. I like to get injured, so. I think now that he's proved himself, that he's more than capable. Obviously, like against West Ham, it could have against Fulham. If you just come up against Fulham, we were going off that one performance. It'd be a bit harder to judge, but it's obviously because he performed so well against West Ham, which, like I say, there was they've been doing well even though they lost yesterday. Um, it's a good benchmark to see where we're at, and and I'd be more than like Josh said, I'd be more than comfortable to see him this season. And I think he should get games in the cup. And I think he might get games in league. I think it just all depend on all depend on injuries. I can't believe Cooper's not been injured yet this season. This this is like an unprecedented streak of fitness for him. <laughs> yeah, well, he's going away with Scotland, isn't he? So that's probably where he'll pick it up. Okay, so <laughs> apart from predictions of doom for Liam Cooper, let's move on to think about some of the players. So, obviously, we've been waiting a long time to see Joe Gellhart in the first team, and he came on against Fulham, and he, he seemed to really struggle to get into that game. What did you make of, of his struggles to get into the game? What do you think that was about? I think we, as a team, were not playing well at that point in time, and that, that did not help him. So... We made, like, if you think about the changes that we made in midfield, so the start of the midfield, sorry, the start of the half, Shackleton was still in midfield in that game. And then we brought, I think we brought Roberts off, Rodrigo went up front, Forshaw came into midfield, and then for some reason that I didn't really understand, we swapped Dallas and Shackleton. Um, And then we had, that was then when we brought Joffe on, and that saw Rodrigo go back into midfield. And so that was like, I just think that was too many changes in midfield. And so we never sort of were controlling the game. Um, so I, I don't think we gave him many opportunities to even compete for the ball, let alone um, sort of have any real impact. But I would say that the centre-backs seemed like they felt they had the best of him. But I would have liked to have seen a situation where he could have run into channels a bit and do the kind of thing that he does well rather than like he, he's not going to compete for loads of aerial duels and, and win them um yeah and then I bet it was in to jump ahead a little bit in one of the more recent under 23s games he showed that he can like muscle a, an adult player off the pitch by off the ball sorry like smashing Bradley Johnson off the ball to go and score against Blackburn um so I, I don't think I feel like he's not physically capable I just feel like that situation didn't really suit him. Um, but I was very happy that he subsequently smashed that penalty in. <laughs> he looked so nervous. Like he literally, even after he scored it, he sort of looked like he'd seen a ghost, uh, which was <laughs> which was funny. I was just just very glad that he didn't um, he didn't 
missed that. I think that would have been hard for him to come back from. I think the ghosts that he saw was the ghosts of all the penalties he's missed for the under-23s. Exactly, (laughs) yeah. So, Tom, in in, um, his pre-Watford press conference, Bielsa said about um, Galhart, he said, what I'm looking for, what I want is for him to verify that he's good, not to verify that he doesn't have the level to play. What what did Bielsa mean by that? And what did what did Joffe do to verify that he was good or not good in, in the Fulham match? I'm not too sure with Bielsa. He's very like cryptic with that. I think what he's, what he's trying to say is he wants to see good things from him rather than see things from him that rules him out being able to play at first team level, I think. But it's very... The way he's worded it, it's very, very confusing. But like Josh said, he just didn't see enough of the ball. Like the what the only times he really got it were just it was just lumped into him. And I think what we know with him is that he's very good if he can get his ball into his feet and have just that little bit of space to then run at players. And normally that's starting out wide and then coming in on onto his left foot or onto his right foot. But we just didn't see that against Fulham. And like like Josh said, I think it's just because at the point he come on, we just seemed to lose control of the game. As soon as Shackleton went to right back, we just we just started punting it long, and then I think we're happy at that point just to go to penalties. But yeah, like like Josh, I was happy that he scored his penalty because he started doing a few kick ups on his way to it, and then, and then he fumbled ball, and I thought, and he looked really nervous, and I thought he's going to miss this. I think I put in the group chat when he was going to take it, like oh, it's going to penalties. Hey, we don't go to Joffy because he's like I say he's not been very good, but yeah, he just, he just smashed it, and I think when he's playing for twenty threes, if he gets penalties, that's just what he needs to do. He just smash it, none of that that little stop and trying to place it, just just put his foot through it because he, he can hit a ball with power. So that's probably his best his best method going forward. Agreed. We've seen in, with other 23s that have come in under Bielsa that they haven't always looked good in their first appearance, have they? And I, I think it'd be, it'd be good if we'd try not to read too much into the fact that Joffrey really should get into that game and hopefully he'll get more opportunities as the as the season goes on and hopefully we'll feature against Arsenal in the uh, round of the League Cup. Tom, uh, sorry, um, Hobbsy, Somerville seems to be the closest to the first team uh, out of all the 23s, really. He came on v Newcastle and started v Fulham. Do we consider Somerville to be one of the four first-team wingers now? I think so, but then equally feels like Roberts is ahead of him in the pecking order there, which is surprising. I think... So Perveda was clearly one, one of those options, and Roberts was not coming on over Perveda on the right. Um, but we have seen, yeah, Roberts came on before him against Newcastle and then before him against West Ham. Um, it might just be that, like, Roberts had played a couple of, sorry, Perveda had played a couple of times before, like in the championship, and he'd just been around the first team set up for a little bit longer, maybe. Hmm. So when it came to giving him minutes in the Premier League, um, Bielsa was a little bit more like content to do that. Uh, I'm sure that Somerville's going to usurp um, Roberts in, in that position because Roberts is not natural there and he's he's he is just better as a central player. Um, yeah, I, I hope so because I, I want to see Somerville get at least the chances that Perveda got last season. And I think if he gets that amount of minutes, then he'll push on to more minutes because I think he's got a bit more to his game, a bit more end product. Mm. He perhaps looked a bit tentative in his minutes so far, do you think? Yeah, I did think that. So I, I, I think something that didn't help him was playing on the left against Newcastle. As like, Some players are, are com- as right footers are comfortable playing on the left and they want to come inside and that's what they want to do. But what we've seen of Somerville in the 23s is he is a right footer that wants to go down the line and he wants to go to the byline uh, and, and then sort of put cutbacks from there 
Uh, but he is also capable of coming inside and taking shots. But he's just definitely better on the right. Um, so I th- I don't think that was the optimal situation to, to put him on there, especially when I felt that as Roberts is more of a central player, you might as well put him on the left to come inside. Um, that just sort of seemed a bit strange to me. And then his other um, opportunity in the league was against West Ham when it, like, he literally had like stoppage time. Sure. So there's not much time to do anything. And in the uh, Fulham game, yeah, he had his, had some nice moments, but he definitely looks like he just needs to find his confidence at the level. Um, but I think he will. Like he's he's done it in the Eredivisie. Um, he didn't look short of confidence in the games that I've seen from from that time, and, and certainly not in under twenty threes. He knows how good he is in the under twenty threes. So hmm. just has to find that sort of yeah that confidence to to run at people because I think he's done a little bit of that thing of right uh, I better keep the ball I'll turn and pass it back whereas you know that that's not what he would do like his instinct is to run at people sure and Tom it seems to me was sorely lacking in the first team the ability to get to the byline that that Somerville provides so that's something we want to see from him in, in future isn't it yeah definitely well with young players I think it's important when they step up to first team that they do the things that got them to the first team and one of those for Somerville is like say taking players on um, hitting the byline just being being a nuisance and like I say he's been a bit too safe when he's played in the first team but I think when he grows into it I think he probably just needs one moment where he, where he takes a player on then he'll probably just continue that game just going out of that player and it'll just give him a bit of confidence mm. and and Tom we've seen uh, Leo Hilder um, be on the bench for the West Ham and, and Watford games and he seems to have made that step more quickly than, than a number of other under 23s have been able to do do we read anything into that? Um, I think he just came with a bit more experience. He obviously played like 10, 10 or 11 games for Ross County. And I think the general opinion of a lot of his ex-managers is that he's, he's very confident and he, he takes stuff into his stride. Obviously, he went out to Scotland during, he was over there during COVID, so I wouldn't imagine he saw, saw much of his family. And then he went to Ross County, who were near the bottom of the league, I think. And he just kind of took it all in his stride. So it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. Obviously, left footed, he can play. He can play left back as well, so that might be might come into the thinking of it as well. Okay, let's start to think about the the fixtures that we had in uh, in September, and I'm going to come to you first on on all of these, Tom, and then get Hobbs's reflections on them as well. Um, so on the 11th of September, um, we had a two all draw with with West Ham. What what did you make of that that fixture? How did West Ham play? How did we respond to it, Tom? Yeah, a tough game. They were quite a quite a physical side. As soon as I watched it, the Austin way it's always hard to judge the lineup, um, and then when the lineup comes out, judge what positions players are going to play. And I think we were just going to go for our normal four-one-four-one, but I think as soon as we realised West Ham were lining up with like a five-four-one or three-four-three, McKinstry went to the right, and then Max Dean, who was going to start on the right, went went up to, up front to play alongside alongside Joffe. But I think both teams in the end just they cancelled each other out. And Leeds struggled to just to maintain constant pressure. I think West Ham pressed with like four, and then they just left the rest of the team back and quite deep. They had three centre backs who were all quite big, and I think they were quite happy for us to for us to have the ball in our own half, press us for us to go long, and then and then win win them balls. Mm. So again, I think we saw in in the last round of fixtures that, that if if teams are physically bigger than us, that can give us problems that we really struggle to solve. And I think I think again, West Ham did look significantly bigger than us right across the park. I thought Hobbs, did what did you make of the West Ham game? Were there any standouts there? Any any interesting things you wanted to pull out? 
I just really like watching Max Dean. Like I'm, I think uh, one of the things with Somerville being around the um, a bit more around the first team um, is that we've seen Dean uh, come in to play more often uh, in the twenty threes, and I I like that. I I love that he he scored that. Um, uh, he scored a goal just literally at the back post, sort of a tap in type goal. But I think he's good at those kinds of goals that like sniffing sniffing the close range chances i think i think he'll be a proper goal scorer whatever level he ends up playing and i'm not really sure yet what i think that's going to be um i think he's going to score a lot of goals in the future so um that's just something that i liked and i I would say that across a lot of these fixtures that i've liked um i've liked being able to see more of dean and i think this game was a good a good game for bait as well was this the first time we saw him sort of play the more deep position i think tom is that right yeah i think so yeah like i said, i think he were he played deep and then he were gonna have mckinstry and greenwood in front of him and like i said that we changed that and it ended up just being well it ended up being bait and greenwood but greenwood were the one that was slightly further forward with bait the one yeah because in in the earlier games he'd sort of been playing further up and jenkins had been playing as the as the pivot and i think now we're sort of seeing that like Jenkins is good, but I think you you see that Bate is way better in that position than him. Um, although, funnily enough, I think number eight is where Bate will have his have his best chance of playing in the first team. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see when because Jenkins is injured at the moment. I think when he comes back from injury, if Jenkins comes back to to the defensive midfield position and Bate goes back to a number eight, because I think they're better off the other way around. I think Jenkins is a better <clears throat> is a better eight, but then. Like Josh said, I think if Bates going to break into the first team, especially this season, then it will be it will be as a number eight. So it, it will be good to see him there more as well. Sure, and I just want to pick up on Max Dean a little bit because I know that he's a player that we're we're, we're quite excited about. So um, Hobbsy, you've already mentioned that his finishing looks looks really impressive. Um, Tom, what what else do we? What else are the hallmarks of um, of Max Dean's game? I mean, he's a perfect Bielsa striker in terms of that he just constantly works. Like against West Ham, he they tapping that Joshua on about. Um, I think they were a long ball into channel, and he just he just chased it down, ended up nicking it off the defender. I think played it across and then got himself back into the box. And I think that's what he brings you if he plays on the right, he plays on the left, and up front. Even if he's having a having a bad game on the ball, he will constantly work, and he, he doesn't care if how big or how strong you are. He, even in the um, EFL Trophy games against like veterans is he'll just he'll just work them he won't give any center back an, an easy game and i think obviously that's important for bielsa that the first line of pressure comes from comes from our strikers definitely okay when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. 
And we move on to the 19th of September with, um, with I think, what you could definitely call the Joffy Show, um, <laughs> a 4-0 victory away at Liverpool. So, so Tom, how did, how did that game pan out? Yeah, this was like the opposite of the West Ham game in terms of it was our most complete performance of the season. We were the team who looked physically stronger and fitter than Liverpool. I don't know if I think Liverpool might have been missing a few a few players because they had the cup game the following days. But it was a pretty strong Liverpool team from games that I've seen them in elsewhere. They had like them main defence midfield there. Okay, well we look like we just look stronger. Yeah, when I saw them before the game. I remember saying that I thought um, Mazalowski, their um, Polish attacker, I thought he might just dribble through us knowing what we're like against dribblers and he barely got a touch of the ball. So Our pressing were really good that game as well. I think we'll go on to it when we play, go on the Blackburn game, but most teams, they will look to play out from the back and I think we just suffocated Liverpool. I think Miller was, was very good at doing that. I think his, his on-the-ball works um, still needs to improve, but off the ball, I think he's... Is getting very good at um, pressing, but yeah, it was definitely the definitely the Joffe show, and I think he has he just has that individual quality just to win games. But as a team, we played we played really well, and we also saw Struik as a as a number eight, so that were interesting. Yeah, Pascal putting his marker down to uh, to take over in the midfield. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely waiting for that to start appearing in our mentions. What about Pascal as an eight? What do you, what did you make of it all then, Hobbsy? Yeah, again, I'm going to just focus on a player because I like Gelhart was amazing in this game and the second goal particularly, like just the the pureness of the strike was, was ridiculous. Like it's not like the first one where he sort of like caught the keeper out. Like this one, the keeper is on his line and he he still can't, can't get there. It's incredible. But that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about McGurk, um, who I really, really enjoy. Um, he's got like... Um, he's got a real intensity about him, um, which I think was increased because I, I think this game meant a lot to him because I think he was passed over uh, by Liverpool Academy and and he ended up at Wigan with, with Joffe, two scousers at Wigan. Um, but you could tell that he, he kind of wanted to really prove a point here. But he's got that kind of like mega intensity of like he wants to win the ball back all the time. Um, but when he gets the ball... Like he's incredibly technical, really nice to watch. Like he's not like really explosively fast, but um, he, I think he thinks a step ahead of what his opponents do, and he's got really, really nice uh, control. So he can shift it quickly. He can change his feet, and he's away from his opponents. He gets fouled a lot because they have to react, um, and he does that thing a bit like um, Grealish, where he sort of carries it. Like close enough to himself that he's not going to lose it, but also close enough to the opponent that they think they can get it off him and they dive in and, and it ends up being a foul. Um, so, yeah, I, I really, really like watching him um, across a, a lot of these games. I've felt that. But this was the game where he sort of really came to my attention. Like this this guy's, I think, going to be really, really good. I agree with him. Like I say, we've been linked with him for ages before we signed him. I watched a bit of him then. And I think when we sign him, he's not a... He's not a traditional winger like, say, someone like Miller, who maybe wants to go on the outside. He likes to, he likes to come in field. And it reminds me a, a bit in terms of like a technical point of view and close control of like Pervada when he first joined. He was very good in in tight areas. Maybe not as intent of doing skills. I think he's much more efficient with what with what he does. But yeah, he was very good, and he'll, he'll score goals because he gets himself in good positions in the box. And then when he does get in the box, he's very good at at working space to shoot. I think he's going to be really really good. 
How do you see him fitting into like a potential, you know, where would you see him fitting in if he were to move towards the first team? I know he's a long way from that at the moment, but yeah, I'd, yeah, I think I think we he's one that I'd like in a in a season's time I'd be interested to see where he's at. But um I think he so in the 23s we've seen him play on the left, on the right and as a, like attacking midfielder. I think probably from the left and just that sort of different type of winger. Um, he he's basically the kind of winger that I I was really he's got that profile of the type of player I wanted us to sign for the first team, um, where he's got that sort of ability to really create by drifting inside and coming into the half spaces, like playing a little pass in behind the the fullback between the fullback and the um and the centre back, and then also getting shots off himself. So that would be really interesting to see if he could come and sort of be that different type of winger. But then obviously we know that, you know, for for the foreseeable future, James and Harrison are are, are there and they are Bielsa favourites. Um so be interesting. But I think he's um he's a player that I'm that I'm really excited about. His it's just his profile is it's exactly the type of thing that I really like. It's the kind of attacker that's my favourite. <laughs> so so t- tell me just a little bit more about that because I know, I know what you mean because I've spoken to you a lot about that but the listeners might not know exactly what you mean by that sort of profile. Yes, basically someone that's game is about like intelligence and guile and um and yeah they can create shots for themselves, they can create shots for others. Um not so much a classic winger but like an inside forward um or, or even a playmaker from that from that side. Okay, we move on to Friday the 24th of September and there was a a bit of a bit of a mad game uh, against against Blackburn Rovers uh, at home and it finished 4-all. So Tom, how did that game pan out because it looked it looked very strange. Yeah, it was typical like Josh said in the in the chat before we're coming here, typical under 20 23 game. I actually watched it at work, so <clears throat> I was catching bits of it, and every every time I seemed to catch it, there were there were a goal like within like five minutes. I think it was very very end to end. Blackburn, I think, were the first team this year that, that I think we played against that I just they went long from goal kicks. They had no interest in um, in trying to play out from the back. They just went long and then tried to get players around mm. around the ball and, and build from there. Um, I thought all I think all of our goals we conceded were were very soft. The first one particularly, just one long ball. And they'll strip through our defence. Um, but the goals we scored, they're either individual goals which were really good, which I think Joffy got two again, and then team goals. Well, the second and the fourth were very good team goals. For um, Green were getting getting into the half space, making them them runs we see we see Click doing the first team, and then Alan Alan scoring a header, which is quite surprising because he's mm-hmm. probably one of the smallest players on the pitch. But he took that header really well. And I think the second goal was Dean, and that was one of them examples of him. I think he played from the right in that game, but he ended up getting getting a goal on the back post at the left. I think in, overall, it, it was just a game that a bit like the West Ham game that we just didn't take control of it. Now, when we were four two up, we should have we should have killed that game, and then Miller got sent off. I didn't see what happened there, but it looked like a like a silly a silly red card or a second yellow. So similar to the first team in a sense that they've recognised that one of our biggest threats comes from the press and they've just basically gone over the press and, and then tried to counter-press high up to, to win the ball back and create chances. That that sounds familiar to us, doesn't it, Hobby? Yeah, and I think so. I've seen Blackburn a couple of other times and I think also they were just playing into Sam Burns' um, strengths. So he he's a striker for Blackburn and um, he scored uh, their first two goals and yeah, he, he just... 
he just runs the channels all day. So, and they don't have a lot in terms of midfield and, and up front. So he is what they have. So they basically just get give it up to where he can he can run um, and he just works his nuts off all, every single game. And in this game, he was clinical with the with the two chances that that he got. Um, yeah, I've, I saw them play against Brighton not too long ago, and he, they had um, Blackburn had nothing all game. But then there was just one opportunity for him to run in behind. He ran in behind and scored. Um, so I, I wasn't surprised um, to to see him sort of punish us in that way. Um, so I don't know whether it was a like them responding to us or more just that's the way that they play to be honest um but my my feeling on 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 this one um yeah just it it was it was disappointing not to be able to see it out from 4-2 and i i'm sure that uh, the team would would feel that um i think i i think maybe this was a game where i probably would have wanted to see bait like manage it from four from four two um but i kind of think that the allen and greenwood like midfield alongside him is maybe not the optimum midfield to help him with that um he can't kind of do that on his own i I don't think but yeah i think you see the naivety of under 23s football when when it sort of ends in the way it did and a little sort of um alarm bells on on classen a little uh, I think. Yeah, I was just I was just going to mention that yeah. the last goal. I think he he's just got that all wrong and parried it straight back to um to Brennan who who heads it back over him. But he just I think it's it's a very catchable free kick. It's hit hard, but it's very catchable. I think. Yeah, he, he either needs to catch it or he needs to make the decision to parry to the side. But as it as it happens, he kind of makes neither decision. I also think his decision making for the first, which was the one that came right over the top, was really poor because he either needs to stay or he needs to come but what he did instead was he put himself in no man's land and really made really made Burns decision for him in terms of what to do so I agree that that he did look uh, a little bit dodgy on those yes I think it's hard for him in that in that first one because Burns has so much space to run into like he's got ages to like, like Burns is running towards him and he's got to be thinking like should I like what should I do <laughs> like obviously like we've both um read those like threads and pieces of work from the goalkeeping analyst on on twitter john harrison john harrison yeah. um and, and he's done like study on this and shown that it is actually better for like um a one-on-one situation in the center of goal when there's a lot of space to stay back rather than come out but i also like i know it's true but i can see how a goalkeeper might be uncertain in that moment because it's just such a long time to wait with the player running at you yeah i mean from my point of view i, I, I reckon i definitely you know i'm influenced by by john's work but but for me it's the decision to either come or to stay uh, and that he needs to make and, and actually what he does is he doesn't either he just sort of stands around eight yards and goes okay there's the corner stick it in but anyway that's that's fine I mean it, you know as as we've said before I think I think Klaassen is um, a player who will develop but he's nowhere near ready for the first team yet and when I saw Melier go down with a shoulder injury uh, against <laughs> against Watford a little bit of poo came out I have to tell you <laughs> Small um, nerves. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And then Melier immediately dropped the corner. Yeah, we'll we'll no. we'll just move on past that. <laughs> bit. <laughs> okay, so finally, Friday, October the first, um, we played against Leicester, Leicester City away. And how did that one go then, Tom? Yeah, it was a struggle that in that game to um <clears throat> to create any chances. Very young team out anyway, and then I think when we took McKinstry off at half time, we just failed to 
create any real good opportunities. I think Leicester were they were quite negative actually the way they played. I think they were just very happy to to sit deep and just let us have the ball, play it out wide and play into the box where they had. I think they had a bit more physical advantage than we did. Um, I think their their goal were quite quite poor to concede. I think um, Sutcliffe was, didn't get goal side. I thought he I thought he struggled quite a lot in that game actually. He played he's played well in the um, EFL Trophy, but I think he struggled in that game. I think it was just a game where we were. We were just missing the X factor that a Somerville or a, or a Joffe um, can bring bring to the table. What sort of player is Charlie Allen? Because he's somebody who I think is quite highly thought of, isn't he? And, and in fact, my boss's son played in the same team as him in Northern Ireland, so my boss is always checking in with me about about Charlie Allen. So give me something to go back to him with. What sort of player is he? I'd say he's a, he's a. I think when he arrived, he was more of a number ten, but he plays like a ten or an eight. Or an eight for us, and he might even play deeper for the um, for the under 18s when he played there. Um, he struggled in that game. I think everything he his passing wasn't quite there. I think he does bring energy. He's got a, he's got quite a bit of pace about him. But it, it, I think we all the young players in that game. It was just a game that just kind of went just went over the head. I think they played really well in the EFL Trophy against Oldham, and I thought that would bring a bit of confidence. And I thought the bait Allen midfield against Oldham worked really well. And I was actually looking forward to it against Leicester, but it, it just it just struggled. But I think that was probably his first poor game in a while I've seen anyway for for the twenty threes. He's normally always quite good. Yeah, I think this this game was. Um, yeah, I, I think this was the game where you could really tell that we uh, didn't have um, like Somerville was barely featured for the uh, under twenty threes in in this um, this month. Um, but Joffy's been so good that he basically just didn't really notice that Somerville's not been playing. But then not having both of them. You you see that um, how much they create uh, for for the team, um, and yeah, I think I saw some nice moments uh, in this game, and I think we definitely should have scored in in the first half, um, and then second half. Once they were in the lead, they they soaked up the pressure, and I I sort of never really felt like we might score until very late on. We were squeezing, and Bate I think should have got a penalty, um, but yeah, again, I just didn't. I like I like. I think Bate and McGurk have a nice little understanding, uh, so it was nice to see that developing more. And um, yeah, diff- difficult game. Leicester are a decent team. I, I wasn't surprised to see that Masim Wahisi scored. Um, he's, I think he's a very good player at the level, um, although I don't think he actually showed it that much in the game. And the and the goal was was <laughs> was scruffy rather than it being like some quality from him. But uh, that that that's a good team, and we didn't have a anywhere near our best team out so you know it's it's a weird one um with the way that leads like utilize our under 23s like when we've got a, a 23s game the day before a first team game it's a little bit of a write-off um whereas other teams won't have that same issue because they don't they don't use as many as their under 23s in their first team squad yeah the, the, their first teams have got squads is what you mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, they haven't got six of them on their bench yeah, um, in the first team. So where does that leave the twenty threes in the division? We're like six or decent mid table. Yeah, mid table. Forgotten to even check it, but like, like, like at, at one point we were like in with a chance of pushing up to like second, I think, maybe even first. I think I think we would have it would have been between us and Man City, for, and Man City would have had a better goal difference. But now we've dropped a bit. But we're definitely gonna we're definitely gonna finish in a decent position. Say yeah. Some of the other teams are are a bit weak this season. Like Chelsea are nowhere near as good as they have been in the past. But I think Man City will walk it. I think Chelsea lost to Blackburn yesterday, didn't they? I didn't even see. 1-0. Mm. 
Okay, so that's the roundup of the fixtures for the month. So now we're going to come to you, Tom, and we ask you to choose a player to focus on um, each each month to do a bit of scouting on. Who have you chosen this month? Well, I didn't want to choose any of the like the new signings. Like I say, McGurk has had a good month, but because we briefly talked about him on the last one, um, I've gone with um, Chris Moore. Who I think I think it's interesting because obviously we've we've talked about how many centre back that we have at first team level. It's probably the position we have the most players in, and then even at under twenty threes we have quite a lot of centre backs. But it's because of the injuries. It's, he's played quite a lot of games, and he's also had games in <clears throat> in the EFL Trophy against against grown men, which I think. When he played last season in it, he struggled a lot. But I think this year he's he's sort of been on the Charlie Cresswell diet of of bulking up, and I think he's following like a similar a similar route up through the up through the levels as Cresswell. I don't think he's on Cresswell's level, but he's following that similar route. He's not the tallest, but actually has developed physically a lot in the last year. He's able to cope a lot more. I think on the ball, his passing is it's very mixed. I think he's got the confidence and the vision to see the long balls. And see the uh, the passes through the line, but his execution's not always there. But I guess for a young player, it's more important to see that they have the confidence to do it rather than the the outcome all the time. <clears throat> it does the almost the Ben White thing where he where he stops on the ball with the ball under his studs and then like bursts out and carries the ball forward. He's been doing that quite a lot. He's 18 next month, and we're a lot of players ahead of him at first team and 23s. I don't know what his future holds. And it's probably too early, given that he's only he's only eighteen and he's a and he's a centre back. Obviously, a lot of centre backs tend to develop a little bit later on. But I thought it'd be interesting to bring him up because I think he's been one of the one of the better players this season. And like I say, with Cresswell and other key players missing, I feel like he's he's stepped up. Obviously, what do, what do you make of Chris Moore then? So he's yeah, he's a seventeen year old centre back. What do you make of his chances? How what do you like about him? What do you think he can improve on? Yeah, I mean, I think Tom's Tom's covered his um, his attributes well. I think I think it will be interesting to see how he um, how he bulks out, and and I think he's going to need a, a little spurt of growth in terms of height uh, to to be a good centre back in in the top levels of of English football. Um, I can think of some shorter centre backs that have, uh, that have got really great careers, but maybe not necessarily like in England. Mm. Um, uh, certainly not at the at the top. Um, but um, yeah, so that, I think that's my main question for him. And lots of uh, lots of professional clubs like that's one of the very first questions that they ask um, when they're looking to sign a centre back is is their height like that, and that like there are certain heights that they will just rule players out just i'm not interested in the rest of their game like if they're not tall enough and it's, that might come as a surprise to people like given how um like the what the focus is on technical football these days um but i think center back is one of those areas where you kind of can't hide from that uh from how important it is uh to be able to like regularly win headers um certainly not in whilst heading is still allowed um but yeah uh, so that's that's my big question about about more but I do agree he's been really impressive and yeah he's nice at carrying the ball out for sure I, 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 something that I noticed um in the Leicester game that he did that a few times to keep us 
move forwards late on. Um, so yeah, I, I hope I hope we'll we'll see him kick on, and hopefully he does have a little bit of a growth spurt. So I just think that's important. Yeah, so we'll be looking we'll be looking for uh, for Chris Mortagross, a regressive English football might accept him into their ranks going <laughs> forward. Okay, lovely. That's been really really good fun, and 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 thanks for for all your insight into into the players and into the games, chaps. So we've got three fixtures coming up in October, um, none for a couple of weeks. So Monday the eighteenth of October we play Everton away. The 25th of October, we play Brighton at home. And on the 29th of October, there's a fixture uh, which is against Arsenal. And that one's actually going to be at Elland Road. So um, I think it'd be rude for me to not walk the 10 minutes down the hill to go and and see that in person. Um, So... I'll look forward to catching up with you guys in in early November to, to talk about those games. Um, so yeah, let, let's wrap up. Hobbsy, what's your your video going to be about this week? That's going to be on the Patreon feed. Uh, I think I'm going to do something on the merits of Tyler Roberts. Um, I think we all know what the, we all know what the issues are in in the final third in terms of maybe some bad decisions sometimes just taking some extra touches when you want him to shoot quickly or pass it quickly, but I think there are some quite specific things that he helps us with when he's on the pitch, and um, I don't think they get talked about enough. So do that. Great, I'll uh, I'll look forward to that. And have you got anything coming up, Tom, that you want to talk about? Um, no, not really. <laughs> I'm on like a break at the moment while it's international break. I think I've, I'm all footballed out over, over the summer, looking at new signings that we we're, were never going to sign. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Was the best of times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, good stuff. Well, in that case, all that leaves me to do is to say thanks, Hobbsy. Cheers, mate. And thank you very much, Tom. Thank you. And we'll speak to you all again in a month or so. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.